Gemara, Moed Katan, Dafchav Zayim, Masechet has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Martin Arani for the Refuash of Rabbi Tzalel Ben Mazal Tov. Today's Daf is being studied, Le'inu uh, Nishmat, the Sadiq Hacham Eliyahu Khalife. Alaba Shalom Eliyahu Ben Shafi'a. Ruach Adonai Tnihinu Begin Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chavzayin Amudrishon, and we're a few lines down, starting from the Tanu Rabbanan. Tanu Rabbanan, Me'ema Taikufinit Amitot. So we learned that one of the practices in Avelut is that they turn the beds over. So the question is, at what point... In the Avelut, do the beds get turned over? So once she tells me she is beto, that once the deceased leaves the the door of the house, that once they uh, they seal the casket. So that's a machlok. Obviously, that's a later point. When the Rabban Gabriel Hazaken passed away, Kevan. Once he, the body left the uh, house, so the Bili Ezer says, So that's it. Turn the beds over. Once they seal the, uh, the casket, so the told them, Okay, turn your beds over. To that they answered, We did it already. <coughs> we followed the Bili Ezer already. So therefore, uh, you see that there is indeed a mahlokir on this subject. Obviously, we learned that there's no abidut be Shabbat. And therefore, on Arab Shabbat, they would uh, put the beds uh, back up. So, the Gemara says, from Menha time and up. Okay, so from Menha and Arab Shabbat. Question is, which minha are we talking about? If you look at Tosfot for a second, Perush Tosfot Arab the Mesapka Le Ibn Hagedula Ibn Hakitana. Okay, is it the early minha, five and a half hours before sunset, or is it the smaller minha, or Minha Kitana, the shorter minha of two and a half hours before sunset? So he says, the Mikodim Nachin Eni Yoshev Aleha, that early they become some Kushalu the Sheva Gabeki Sev Safsal. Okay, this is just a different question. They, do you have to turn over the, the, the benches or not? He said, no, they don't have to turn over the benches, but uh, to turn over the um, uh, the beds. So fake is, is it when Hagidullah So even no matter when they turn the bed over, they don't sit on it until it gets dark. There's two things over here. There's kifiyat tamitat, making it straight again, and then, then sitting on it. That, it's still avidut on Friday. You have to prepare for Shabbat. So therefore, one cannot sit on the bed until Shabbat. So Motzei Shabbat, now when Motzei Shabbat comes, even though he's only sitting one day, which was even though he's getting up on Sunday morning, it doesn't matter. He has to turn the bed over again. Even for the one day of Avelut, that's uh, ahead of him. You might have said, that's eh, only one more day left, Saturday night, okay? Maybe Mixata Laila, 
no such thing as Muxata Laila. Therefore, the bed has to be turned over again. Tanurubanan, Kofimitato, Lo Mitato Belvad. He doesn't overturn only his bed. Lo Mitato Belvad, Kofe, Ela Kol Mitot, Yeshto Betok Beto, Hu Kofe. Okay, he has to turn over all the beds. But I feel Yeshto Esr Mitot, Basalam, because even if he has 10 beds in 10 different places, Kofe, Et Kulan, he overturns them all. But I feel Hamisha Ahin, even if there's five brothers who met Ehad, and one of them died, Kulan, Kofin. All of the brothers must turn over the beds in their respective homes, not only in the place where they're sitting. You would have thought maybe where they're sitting. No. All the brothers, wherever they're living respectively, have to turn over the beds. But if it's, let's say, it's a bed that's designated not for sleeping, to put kedim on it, to put vessels on it, so the rule over here is that they're only turning over uh, beds that are used for sleeping. Dargash, en sadiq de chafoto. A dargash does not need to be overturned. El al-zukfu, you just have to stand it upright. Rabban, shimon gamliel omer, dargash matirit karbita vihun nofil me'elav. Dargash, you untie the loops and it falls. We'll see a picture in a second of a dargash. My dargash, what is dargash? Here it is. Amar ulab, arsa de gadda. It is a bed of good fortune. Which means they used to have these certain beds that they would keep in the house, that she says, Okay, it was good luck item. They don't use it for anything. Uh, question is, is this permissible or not? That's another question, that they're using this for a, uh, like some sort of segula, so the Mepharshim point out that uh, it's kavod of the mazal, and the kavod of the angel, let's say, that is, uh, which is permissible. It's malachim, they bring the person mazal, so he puts this, you know, in honor of the malach. It's not Abu Dazara of some sort. So the Gibara says uh, that this dargash, the way you, um, the way the Banshwagimala says is to just untie its uh, loops and it'll fall. I'll show you a picture, a picture of the dargash. There you go. You see that picture? That's what it is. That's what it looks like. So basically, it's like a frame, and it has this uh, leather piece inside, and it has these loops, and you just uh, you just untie it. Okay. The Mora says, According to this, the king, and the king is Avelut. What does it say? That the uh, the king have to serve him the seudat So it says all the people recline on the ground in front of the king. And the king reclines on the dargash. Now, if we're talking about a bed that's designated for mazal, for good luck, which means until this moment, the mourner never sat on this dargash. Now all of a sudden he becomes in mourning, you let him sit on the dargash? Doesn't make any sense. It was never designated for sitting in the first place. If it was a, if it was a bed just designated for mazal, why all of a sudden the king, who never sat on that bed in the first place, all of a sudden he becomes an avel, and you're telling him that the, whole, the people sit in front of him and he sits on the dargash. So the Gemara says, Matkif la rabashir. He said, what's the problem? My kusha, midi dehavi achila ushtiya. It's no different than his eating and drinking habits. Until this day, he never ate from our food before the king, and never drank from our drink before. 
There was no obligation for him to eat from the food of others. And now, because he's a mourner, things change. And therefore, we have to feed him. So therefore, it's not so surprising that you see something that he didn't do when he wasn't available. Now he's doing when he's available. Just like he's receiving food from others, which he never did. So maybe he sits on the Dargash. Uh, the says, fine, it's a different question. It says that the Dargash does not have to be turned over. All you do is have to uh, make it upright, just make it vertical. If you're talking about this is a bed of good fortune, why shouldn't you turn it over? We learned, all the beds. Didn't make a distinction between Dargash uh, or anything else. And therefore, since it's a bed bottom line, which is what the purpose is, the bright says you have to turn over all the beds. I don't know what you're talking about. We said ourselves that Amita, for example, is designated for vessels, does not have to be turned over. So it's not all the beds. So therefore, we can make a distinction between a bed that also is not used for sleeping, for example, this Mazal bed. So what's the problem? Therefore, you don't have to turn it over. Struggling to find the question over here for some reason, but there, obviously there was a question. So we can't figure out what the question was. But so the Gemara says, "Okay, here it is." Because it says, "We untie the uh, loops, and uh, the dargash just falls by itself." And if you tell me this is a regular bed. And the only difference is, is that this is designated for mazal. My karbitin itle, a regular bed doesn't have loops. Uh, a regular bed is, is a different uh, uh, is a different structure. Doesn't have loops. They just uh, has a mattress on top or like a uh, a, a spring or a cushion mm-hmm. on top, and they wrap it around the poles. It's not looped in the uh, frame itself, so it's a different construction. So what do you mean? So the Gemara says ki ataravin. It's interesting, you have Tahlifa on today's daf. It's uh, similar to the name Khalifa. Khalifa, Tahlifa. And yesterday's daf was all about Eliyahu Hanavi, which is amazing. On the day that Rabbi Khalifa passed away, the whole daf was about Elisha, mourning, Avi Avi, Rechem Yisrael, Parasha, when Eliyahu Hanavi went up to the Shaman, he was a very holy man. And uh, I think these are the Pim are. Uh, in sync with his uh, with his passing, it was one of the hidden sadikim. And he was used to be in the leather market, so he knew about the leather goods. My dargash, what is dargash? It's a bed of leather. And uh, the mefarshim are telling us over here. Let's see if we have a. Rashi Arsad de Gada, Mita. We saw that already. And this is Arsad de Tzla, different one. Let's see if we have a Rashi. Uh, Arsad de Tzla, I'm reading Rashi in the uh, Kitab Yaru Mosaf Rashi, we're calling it here. Arsad de Tzla, Mita Shil Or, Vetolin Ritsuin Besfata Or, Sabib, it's the picture that I showed you, basically, where you're putting the straps and the loops within the bed itself, and then when you untie it, it just falls uh, to the floor, like we said.
And some are saying they were collapsible beds. Like we said, that's how they collapsed, I guess. They consisted of wooden frames with holes in their sides to which the loops were hung. A leather sheet with straps at its end would be suspended from the frame. Okay, exactly like we said. So the Gemara says, Itman Nameh, Amar Dargash, Sidrugo, Mitocho, the Dargash, they bind the straps within the frame. Like we showed you, in the frame itself, they have these holes. Mitas Siruga Al Gaba. A bed, on the other hand, the uh, wrapping uh, of the uh, straps is actually on the bed itself. You want to see a picture of that? That's a regular bed over there in the olden days. And you see that the straps go actually over the frame itself. That's a regular mitah. So there's a difference between a mitah and a dargash. Okay. Yabara says, Amar bi Yaakov, bar acha, Amar bi Yoshua ben Levi, halacha, kerabban shimon ben Gamliel. That what? That all one has to do is untie the loops uh, that's of the dargash, let it fall to the ground, and that's it. The Gemara says, Amar bi Yaakov, bar acha, Amar bi Aseh, mitah shenakliteha yotzin. So over here you have a bed that has its posts. Zukfa bidayo. What is the case of a bed with posts? So famous bed, we always learn about this. That's this picture over here. That you have uh, two posts, one at the head of the bed, one at the foot of the bed, and then you put the uh, canopy on top of it, and it drapes uh, on both sides. So this type of bed over here, you can't turn it over, but... What you do is you make it vertical and you stand it up, and that's the way you make kifiyata uh, mita. So again, mita shenekliteh yotzin, the bed that has two posts protruding from the top of the bed, zokfa vedayot. It's enough just to make it upright, and that'll do. Tano the banan yashen al Let's say he didn't turn over the bed, but instead he slept on a chair al gabe or on a mortar. Or even if, let's say, he made himself so uncomfortable he slept on the ground. Don't think that that covers him for not turning over the bed. This is that what he wants? I slept on the floor. He does not uh, fulfill uh, his obligation. Now, what does that mean? He didn't fulfill his obligation. Obligation of what? He didn't fulfill his obligation of Kifiyatamita. Nonetheless, he still has to uh, turn over the bed. So it's permissible to sweep in the Beta Evil and sprinkle water on the ground. They used to sprinkle water on the ground so the dust, the dust settles. That's permissible. It's a way of cleaning up. Um, that's not considered inappropriate. It's okay. And you can clean the plates, the cups, the jars, the bottles in the house of mourning. They don't bring the spices and incense, which gives a you know a nice smell. That's really too much hanaa. That they don't bring to the house of mourning. That they don't make a beracha on this incense in the house of the morning. Sounds like, you know, they don't make the beracha, however, it's permitted to bring them. 
Habibet Amenachamim. So there's two different rooms over here. The rooms that the mourners themselves are in, so then already we don't bring it in at all, because it would be too much pleasure for them. Habibet Amenachamim. It seems there was another room where the consolers used to sit. That room over there, I guess that's where the mourner sits when he receives Tanhomim. Uh, he would move into the, uh, to the, to the separate room. So there, they could put incense uh, and spices there. That's in kabod of the people that are coming to be menachem. I guess there's some unpleasant odors in there, a lot of people coming in and out. So therefore, they're able to, uh, you know, dispel the odors by bringing the... Uh, the incense, uh, the mugmar uh, uh, in. Okay. Now we discuss that when they're delivering food to the house of the mourners. So, they do not bring the food on a, a tray. I guess that's a hashub way of delivering the food. Uh, that's a large bowl. Velo bekanon, large basket. Ela besalim, plain old baskets. Like we would say, paper plates. Ve'en omrim berkat avelim b'moed. The special mourner's blessing is not recited on chola moed. Aval omdim b'shuram nachamim. Like we said, uh, on the way home from the burial, so uh, the uh, mourners uh, would stand and the people would pass by them Right? And they would receive uh, the uh, the consolation. That is done on the Hola Mu'ed. Upotrin And then the mourners right away tell the people, you know, go home. They potel them. Shomrim the menachamim, the chude batechem, as she says. They tell the mourners, you can go home. <clears throat> they don't leave the, uh, the coffin in the street in order to eulogize that she says in I guess when the coffin is lying there it motivates people to encourages them to make his pedim and we don't want that and they never set down the uh, coffin of ladies uh, in public because of the kabot sometimes they're you know, oozing uh, blood or ziva, there was not kavod for them to be in such a such a way. So they never put the bed uh, where the lady is under Rabim, not to embarrass her. Tanur Banan. Now the famous, uh, famous story. The famous story that happened uh, to us by our weddings happened actually in the olden days at funerals. Thank God this never happened to our funerals, but it definitely happened to our weddings. As you'll see now, the rabbi stepped in and made a takana. What was the takana? They used to <coughs> go to the uh, mourners' house when they were delivering the food. The wealthy people would deliver it in you know, baskets of silver and gold. The poor people, you know, they took some aravot uh, and they would make these uh, cheap baskets. The poor people would feel ashamed. And they said, you know what? Standard uh, system. Everybody's got to use the cheap item, the Aravot baskets. 
Tanu Rabbanan, Rishona, you mashkim bibet ha'evel, originally they would serve the drinks in the house of the morning, ashirim b'schuchit debana. So the rich people would use white glass, you know, like uh, crystal. Ve'anim b'schuchit sevu'ah. And the anim couldn't afford the white crystal, they would use colored glasses. Ve'ayu animit b'ashim, and the anim became embarrassed. Etkinu shiyu akon, mashkim b'schuchit sevu'ah. They said, that's it. The only way you serve in the morning's house, colored glass, but nekevodan, shel, Aniim, in order to maintain the respect and honor of the poor. But Ishunayu Megalin Pene Ashim. Originally, <coughs> they would leave the face of the wealthy people that died, they would leave it uncovered. They would look, uncover his face. Obviously, people would start to cry and they would say, yeah, Look how handsome he was. A rich guy looks nice. And he was always taking care of himself. So when they saw the face of the guy, they felt, uh, they felt bad. Umechasin Pene Aniim. They would cover the Faces of the Anim, their face really didn't look so good because anyway their face was blackened because of famine. Anim felt bad. They got embarrassed actually. Made a new rule. You cover everybody with Nekevodam, Shail Anim, out of respect for the poor. And they didn't say, well, listen, you know, it's not, it's not our fault that we're rich. And therefore, why do we have to uh, change our practice in order to, you know, worry about the poor guy? No, they believe that everything should be uniform. Initially, they used to bring the, uh, the body of the rich guy out on these dargash, which is chashuv, aniim, and the aniim bechlicha, on a, uh, a regular bed. Again, aniim got embarrassed. And therefore, they instituted everybody should take their corpses out <coughs> on the regular bed. That when somebody uh, died of, let's say, an intestinal disorder, where there was a smell, let's say, coming from the body, so they would put mugmar under his coffin just in order to uh, dispel the bad, uh, the bad smell. So the people that uh, would have this disease of intestinal that were alive would be embarrassed to have that uh, disease. So they made a takana. Everybody gets this mugmar under the bed. In order to preserve the honor of the living that were inflicted with this disease. So originally they would uh, immerse the utensils. You know, let's say a lady who died and she had a nida. So her utensils basically were temi'im. So they would immerse the utensils, um, you know, whatever they were using before they died. And when she touches it, it becomes obviously tameh. So that was embarrassing the ladies that were alive that were, you know, uh, were nidot. <clears throat> All right, a little strange. Even though nida is a natural item, what are they getting embarrassed about? So the Midi says that um, that they were thinking about you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to embarrass us in our death, even reminding us. It's enough that we 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 tameh when we're alive, even when we're dead, they're going to remind us that we're tameh. So therefore, what did they decide? That's it. Anybody that dies, uh, the, all their garments are going to be dipped in the to give uh, not to embarrass or to keep the respect for the. Living Same story. Originally, they would dip utensils of, let's say, if somebody was a, a zav, 
והיו זווין חיים מתביישים, same story, זה זווין that were alive, got embarrassed, וכאילו שיהיו מטבינים על גבי הדקור, so they said that's it, we dip all vessels, נותני כבודם של זווין חיים. בראשונה, הייתה הוצאת המת כאשר לקרובה ביותר ממיטתו, here it is, here's the wedding תקנה, originally the expense of the funeral was more painful than the funeral itself, than the death, because it was a big bill. They used to make a big fuss, I guess. Flowers and who knows what they, they used to pay for. Maybe these coffers were made out of gold. You know what ended up happening? They would just leave their bodies in the middle of the street and run away. Let the betin take care of it. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't handle the expense. And Rabban Gamliel decided he treated himself in a light way. And he buried, he was, he told in the last will to bury him in simple linen garments. No fancy designer uh, shrouds and uh, any of this stuff over here. And that's the one says, so that I'll do it. And that's it. Everybody used Pishtan and he solved the problem. Okay. So we need the Bangam Liel to come back and just make him Labbas wedding once. And that's it. We'll solve the uh, we'll solve the problem. Only difference is in those days when the banking did something, the people listened. Today they'll say, "Ah, the rabbi doesn't have any money, Hazit. Okay, Labas wedding. Thank God we can afford it. It's not going to work." Amara Papa Vaidana Naugalma. Today the custom is Afilu Betzarda Barzuza. They 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 dress the dead, you know, even in a little garment that's worth a zoo's. It's worth nothing. That's it. Problem solved. Okay, that's uh, important to know. Let's see how the rabbis uh, dealt with these uh, with these very important issues. Okay, and many barhov, and they don't leave the body in the middle of the street. We don't want to encourage eulogies. Amazing that that which we say there's no eulogizing. And Chola Mo'ed does not apply to a Tamid Hacham that passes away. Tamid Hacham passes away. Chola Mo'ed, there is eulogies. Bechot Sheken Hanukkah u Purim. Obviously, the Hanukkah and Purim are not as serious as Chola Mo'ed. So all the more so, in front of a Tamid Hacham, there's no issue of any uh, limitations. That's only to about in the presence of Mashallah Bifanav. No, but not in his presence, no. We have a contradiction. In the city of Pum Nahara on Hona Mo'ed. And what's the problem? I guess it wasn't in front of him. That is the question over here. He gave the eulogy in Pum Nahara, even though uh, that's not where uh, that's not where the Rav Zvid lived, right? Because again, Rav Kanas Abdel Rav Zvid min Nehardea. Rav Zvid was from Nehardea, and he eulogized in Pum Nahara. So we just said on Cholam Wed, you only eulogize to Menachem Befanav. So what's going on over here? So Amar Pape Yom Shemua Hava. Uh, was not in the presence of Rav Zvid. However, it was the day that they got the report. On the day they get the report, uch kefefanav dameh. That's treated as if they uh, 
that the, the deceased is in his presence. Amar ula hesped alev. That when the uh, term hesped is mentioned, that's referring to when they used to beat themselves on their chest. They used to bang. There are different customs they used to have. Dikhtiv al shadayim sofdim. The pasuk says that they would eulogize on their breasts, which means they would beat their, uh, you know, their, uh, their chest. Tipuach biyad. There's a different term that they use in the Mishnah where they would make tipuah, which is like clapping their hands together, and kilus bareged. Kilus means that they would stamp their feet on the ground. Again, different practices they used to make at the, at the funerals. Tanur banan, ham kales, lo yikales besandal, ela bebinal. That if one is doing that item called kilus, where he's stamping his feet, he should only stamp with the sandal and not with the shoe. Bepene hasakana, because it is dangerous. But as she says over here, Shofech sandal raglo. Okay, he could break his leg. Yes, it turns around. The shoe is fitted to the foot and cannot slip out of position. The sandal, however, is merely strapped upon the foot and therefore is concerned that when he stamps, it'll go out of position. His foot will be revealed. Boom. Bang his foot on the ground and he'll break it. When a um, Avel nods his head, that's a sign already that he's been comforted. That's already an indication that the Menachamim, uh, the ones that are consoling, that they uh, they fulfill their uh, uh, their job, and therefore. He doesn't need any comfort. So they don't have to continue comforting him if he's already comforted. That's it. Like we learned earlier, you know, that's it. Why open up the wound again? He's comforted. He nods his head. That's it. Job well done. That's one uh, one interpretation. That's the way, uh, if you look at, we have Rashi over here in the Kitab Yad. Uh, she says, uh, That's what he says over here in Kitab Yad. I have the Musaf here, but I don't have the Kitab. Anyway, you have the Kitab Yad in your, in your, in your text, Benny? So read, read the Kitab Yad on that piece over there, that when the Avil nods his head, they you don't have to uh, mourn him. They don't have to uh, uh, console him. What does he say? Anything there? You see it? It's about the head. Yeah. Okay, which means he's, he's, he's consoled already. And therefore, there's no need to console him anymore. He said, by nodding his head, he's saying, that's it. He's good. So therefore, they could move on. Very nice. Um, that they're obligated when the Nasi walks in, obviously, to stand up. Interesting, except for a mourner and somebody that is uh, sick. Okay? So that's a, that's a hadush over there. I guess... Uh, but the reason why one stands up in front of a Tamil Hakam, or let's say a Nasi, is, uh, is Kavod. 
I guess it, it, that's not kavod to have a mourner get up for him. You know, it's, it's a type of standing that brings kavod to him, but a sick person, it's not kavod to, to him. And therefore, one does not have to uh, stand up for tamid hacham or nasi when he is uh, avid. Okay? Now, the Mepharshim point out, uh, they don't have to, but it's not a suit. It's not a suit. If you look at uh, the Rashi again in Kitab Yad, you have Kitab Rad over there? Yeah. Right. Uh, you see the sheep. They want to stand, they can stand. They're not obligated, but they want, they can. Uh, which means after they rise, uh, the nasi, um, they have to stay standing until the uh, uh, the nasi tells them uh, to sit. Except for the mourners and the ill person, so they're not required to stand in the first place, so they may sit without permission. Okay, so you see from there that they could stand. Or let's say they were standing already. You know, they don't have to wait for the uh, nasi to say, okay, be seated. They can sit right away. They don't have to follow that uh, that protocol. Okay. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, Avel Yom Rishon, Asul Echol Lechem Meshelo. The first day, the mourner is not allowed to eat from his own bread. Like the God told Yehazkel when he was mourning his wife, and God told Yehazkel, don't eat the bread from others, because Yehazkel was not allowed to follow the laws of Avedut, implying that everybody else who follows the laws of Avedut must eat the bread from others. So Rabban and Rabbi Yosef, they exchanged meals, you know, with each other. Whenever one was in mourning, the other one would send them, uh, you know, the meal. That's the way they uh, they would follow that practice over there. Um, what's the reason for this over here? The reason I once saw is that if a, a mourner won't eat on the first day because he's so uh, dejected and so depressed, and if he doesn't eat anything, it's going to put him in sakana. So therefore they put the obligation on the friends that they must feed him. Because if you're going to rely on the Abel himself to eat, again, he won't, he, won't, he, won't, he won't even put a piece of bread in his mouth. So therefore they put the hayyub on others, and therefore they come to the house and they force him to eat, which will give the Abel the proper nutrition uh, that is uh, necessary. The old, day, old custom. Somebody died in the olden days in the city, it's amazing. Everybody would close the stores. Nobody goes to work that day. Why? They want to make sure everybody attends the uh, funeral. Everybody takes care of his needs. Uh, however, Tabidah Khamim can continue studying the uh, Tosfot uh, points out. Only the, uh, you know, only the regular workers, they have to stop. The question is over here today that we have Khevra uh, Kadisha. You know, so it could be that's it. You know, nobody has to stop working because we have designated people that are taking care of this. Uh, that could be the heter 
that allows the shops to remain open. Rav Menuna Eklale Darumata. He was in a place called Darumata, Shema Kochipura de Shekba. So we heard that, you know, there was a shofar being blown to announce that, uh, you know, somebody died. Hazanach inchid the kav de avidita. He saw the people still going to work. No, they didn't take off for work, like the Alagad just said. Amalehu lebe hanach inchid b'shamata. That's it. No patience. Right away, they put him in excommunication. The rabbi. Lo shekba ikab mata. He said, "Understand? There's a dead person over in the town. What are you doing going to work?" Amrule, like we just said, haburata ikab mata. They have the habra kadisha haburata. And therefore, they're taking care of the needs. Okay, I take you out of the excommunication. That was a quick one. Which means he accepted the answer. Uh-huh. It means, although one's allowed to have grief over the dead one, but not in excess. Anybody that grieves too, more, too much... Almet aher hu Wow. So God says that he'll give the person another reason to cry. You know, you're crying for nothing. So therefore, Bori Olam says, uh, you know, you'll have another reason to cry. And we know this already. This is the story of the Miragilim. When they came back, and what did God say? Atem bechitem bechiyashil hinam. And therefore, I'll give you a reason to cry. So it seems that just like there's, uh, you know, uh, justified crying, there's unjustified crying. And the person has to ask himself, is this justifiable to cry or is it excess? And if it's too much, so then Bori Olam says, God forbid you'll have a reason now uh, to cry. There was a certain woman in the neighborhood of Ravuna. Habala Shiva she had seven sons. Met Hadminayu. So one of them died. And she just kept on weeping, weeping excessively. Ravuna sent her a message. He said, you know, enough. She didn't pay attention. So he sent her another message. You know, if you listen to what I'm saying, fine. You know, you better prepare the shrouds for the next one. And uh, meet. And then another son died. Wow, and ultimately they all died. In the end, he said, That's it, now you're preparing your own uh, shrouds. And sure enough, umita. And then she died. Wow. That is some story. Okay. Al tifku lemet ve'al tanudulo. Now, what does this mean over here? Don't cry for the uh, deceased. So the Gebarah says, Al tifku lemet yotermidai. Means in excess. Ve'al tanudulo means do not shake the head. Again, yotermik is sure. I guess that was a sign of mourning also. Therefore, again, nothing in excess. Hakets. So, what, what is the shiur ultimately? So the Gemara says, "Shilosha yamim labechi." First three days are really designated for crying. Shivale spared seven days for, 
know, hispedim, uh, eulogies, ushloshim negiyut, so that to sport it. And 30 days, that's for basically pressing clothes or cleaning clothes and taking haircuts. Mikad ba'ilach. After that, amara kadosh baruchu, i atem rahmanim bo yotem memeni. You know, don't be more compassionate than I am. Which means, Olam says, that's it, you mourned, you did it, it's over, you have to move on, you have to accept. Bechu bacho laholech. You have to cry uh, a lot for the one that leaves. Amar of Yehuda, leholech belo banim. God forbid the one that leaves this world without, uh, without children. Mm. So therefore, that's a real death. I mean, there's no survivors. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi lo azal lebe ebla. So he would not go to the house of mourning. Only with the people that left this world without any surviving sons. That's the one he would mourn. Dikhtiv, as it says, Bechu bachol aholech ki lo yeshuv od. Not coming back, v'ra'at eris molato. I guess the children perpetuate the family and he doesn't even have that. Ravuna Amar, Shabar Abira Bishanaba. Someone had committed a sin and repeated it, which means the end of the Pasuk said, Kilo Yashuv Od. Like we know this rule. There's certain people that are going to be very hard for them to make the Shuvah. Kilo Yashuv. Who's that person that's hard for them to make the Shuvah? Somebody that dies. No, somebody had committed an abira and repeated it. Why? Ravuna le tamar ravuna kevan she'abar adam abira v'shanaba hutra lo. That's it. Once a person made an abira and repeats it, it becomes permissible to him. What do you mean? Hutra lo salkadatach? Does it become permissible? How can a sin become permissible? Ela ema na'asit lo keter. It becomes like a heter, which means he gets used to it, and therefore, that's a, a habit. So again, that's referring to an inyan of teshuvah. So that's, uh, so we have to go back to the pasuk. Ki lo yeshuv od, this guy who made teshuvah. So again, bacho, Bechu bachol laholech. Laholech means the one that's going in his heart's desires. Kilo yashuv, because he makes the sin over and over again. And od, od meaning over and over again. Kilo yashuv od, vira'at ismot. He will not see his birthplace, his origin, meaning olam He will not go to his uh, ultimate origin, because he's a rasha. Last paragraph. Amar bilevi, avir shloshem rishlim yir'e'et atzmo. Here the Gemara is talking about that God forbid the mourner is actually in a time of judgment for himself. It's midat adin on him. And the first three days of the mourner, he has to be worried as if there's a, um, a, uh, a sword, you know, between his, uh, between his thighs. Very, very dangerous. From three to seven, okay, a little better. So the sword is in the corner. Still scary. So then it's in the marketplace. That means the judgment is severe in the beginning of Avelud and uh, you know gets a little easier uh, over the uh, over the course over the course of time.
And how long is that time? So I guess if it's for a parent, it'll be 12 months. If it's uh, for somebody else, it'll be 30 days. We can ba'ilach, if you look at Tosfot on the bottom. We can ba'ilach kido overit tenegdom bashu ad yab hodesh. Ve'ach ita mirusham, ikot shev'ah ha'cherif yishilufa, ad shloshim hirofefet. Le'chad yud bet hodesh, yichozel le'tara. After 12 months, it goes back into the shiv. Ve'lemah davar domeh, le'kipah shel abanim. Kivan shenizda'azeah achat, when you move one of the rocks in the pile, nizda'azeah kulam. Wow. All the rocks now are unstable. So when one is taken away from a family, so it unstabilizes the whole family. So everybody starts to be in, uh, in, in shaking. The famous saying, that if one of the brothers die, everybody has to be worried. Because there's a midat adin. Okay, Rabbi to our members we say, Amen. Amen.